0: Welcome to the myth, legend, and lore podcast. Written by an unknown hand, over 300 years of history recorded, the islands of the Picts, the Scots and the Vikings, the banners of kingdoms, the names and deeds of men. West of Norway, east of Ireland, in the waters north of Scotland, where the seas are as rough as the hands pulling oars and raising sails. Spears swords and axes, oaths, kinship and blood. For those who come to hear the history of the earls of Orkney, to those searching the far distant past, come shore, gather now, for the Orkneyinga Saga. Begin in the legendary past. The Road to Norway. There was a king called Forniot, who ruled over Finland and Gvenland, the countries stretching to the east of what we call the Gulf of Bothnia, which lies opposite the White Sea. Forniot had three sons: Lair, a second Logi, and a third Kari, the father of Frosty, who was in turn the father of Snare the Old the father of Thori. He had two sons, Nor and Gor, and a daughter called Goy. Being a great man for worship, Thori would hold a sacrificial feast at midwinter every year. People called it Thori's sacrifice, and from this month it got its name. One winter at Thori's sacrifice, Goy disappeared, and though a search was made for her, she couldn't be found. When the month had passed, Thori made preparations for another feast with the aim of finding out what had happened to her. This one came to be known as Goy's sacrifice, but for all their efforts, they were none the wiser. Three years later, Nor and Gore made a solemn vow to set out in search of Goy. Their arrangement was for Nor to scour the mainland and Gore all the islands and outlying skerries, making his way by ship. Each of them had a strong force of men. Gore led his ships out of the gulf and into the Allend Sea, exploring all of the skerries and every island in the Baltic, then on to the Elferskeris, and from there over to Denmark, searching every island. He called on his kinsmen, the descendants of Lair the Old of Liso Island. Then they got underway again, but still there was no trace of his sister. His brother Nor waited until the moors were under snow, so that he could travel on skis. Then he set out from Cvenland, skirting the head of the gulf, and so reached the land of the Laps on the far side of Finmark. The Laps tried to bar the way, and this led to a clash between them. But so great was the uncanny power and magic of Noor and his men, that as soon as the Laps heard their war cry and saw them drawing their swords, they were scared out of their wits and ran away. From there Noor and his men journeyed on westward to the Kulin Mountains, For a long time they saw no sign of people, and for food they had to shoot birds and deer. When they came to the watershed, where the rivers start to flow westwards, they took the same direction till they reached the sea. Ahead of them lay a great fjord, as big as a gulf, with large settlements and broad valleys stretching up from the sea. There they ran into a crowd of people, who immediately started to fight, but the outcome is just as before – Either the natives were killed or they had to run, for Nor and his men went through them like tares through a field of wheat. After that he travelled right round the fjord, claimed the whole region as his property, and made himself king over the territory east of the fjord. Nor spent the summer there, and when it began to snow on the moors, he set out and made his way along the valleys stretching inland from the south side of what is now called Trondheim Fjord. Some of his men he sent south along the coast through moor, and for himself he claimed a possession of the land wherever he travelled. After crossing the mountain south of the head of the valley, he pushed on down through the valleys on the far side till he reached a great lake, which they called the Miosen. Then he heard that his other party had been defeated by King Sokne, so he and his companions journeyed west over the mountains to a district they called Valdres, and from there down to the sea, to a long narrow fjord called Sognefjord, where they met up with Sogne. It was a hard fight and Sogne wasn't in the least put out by their magic, but Nor kept battling away, facing up to Sogne himself, and the outcome was that Sogne was killed, along with a good many of his followers. The Division of Norway Afterwards, nor travelled over the fjord branching off from Sonjaford to the north, now called Soknadel, as Sokne had once ruled there. Nor stayed on a long time at a place called Noramfjord, and there it is that his brother Gor joined him, but neither of them had any word of their sister Goy. Gor had laid claim to all the islands on his way from the south, and now the brothers divided the whole country between them. Nor was to have all the mainland and Gor the islands, wherever a ship with a fixed rudder could be sailed between them and the mainland. When this was settled, Noor made his way to the uplands, to a region now called Heidemark, at a time ruled by King Rolf of Bjarg, son of the giant Svadi, from the Dove Mountain in the north. It was Rolf who had abducted Goy, Thori's daughter from Kvenland, and right away he set out to confront Noor, challenging him to single combat. The fight went on for some time, without either of them being wounded, so they came to terms, Nor getting Rolf's sister for his wife, and Rolf keeping Goy. From there, Nor made his way back north, to the country he had laid claim to, and called it Norway. He ruled over it for the rest of his life, as did his sons after him, except that they divided the kingdom between them. As time went by, the kingdoms dwindled in size as the numbers of rulers grew, which is how the country came to be split into provinces. The Sea Kings Gore ruled the islands, and that's how he came to be called a Sea King. So too were his sons Haiti and Beatty, a very aggressive pair. They made constant attacks on the territories of the Sons of Nor, and fought many a battle, sometimes one side winning, sometimes the other. Beatty sailed for plunder up Trondheim Fort, he used to anchor his ships at a place called Betstad or Betstad Fjord. He had one of his ships hauled over from Betstad, north across Namdalsed, to Namzen, on the far side, with Gore sitting aft his hand on the tiller. So he laid claim to all the land lying to the port, a sizable area with many settlements. Haiti, the son of Gore, was the father of the sea king Svedi, father of Hafdan the Old father of Earl Ivar of the Uplands, father of Eystein the Clatterer, father of the wise counsellor, El the Powerful. To Shetland and Orkney, 872 AD. Earl Roganvold campaigned with King Harold Finehair, who gave him charge of Northmore, Southmore and Romsdale. El married Ragenhild, the daughter of rofnus and it was their son rolf who conquered normandy this rolf was so big that no horse could carry him which is why he was given the name of rolf the walker the earls of Ruin and the kings of england are descended from him rokenwald and ragnhild had two other sons called ivar and Thorir the silent rokenwald also had natural sons whose names were Hallid, Prolaug, and the youngest einar One summer, Harald Finehair sailed west over the North Sea in order to teach a lesson to certain Vikings, whose plunderings he could no longer tolerate. These Vikings used to raid in Norway over summer, and had Shetland and Orkney as their winter base. Harald conquered Shetland, Orkney and the Hebrides. then sailed all the way to the Isle of Man, where he laid settlement in ruins. During his campaign he fought a number of battles winning himself territories further west than any king of Norway had done since. In one of these battles, Earl the son Ivar was killed. On his way back to Norway, King Harald gave Earl Rogenvald Shetland and Orkney in compensation for his son, but Rogenvald gave all the islands to his brother Sigurd, a foxelman on King Harald's ship. When the king sailed back east, he gave Sigurd the title of Earl, and Sigurd stayed on in the islands a poisoned tooth. Earl Sigurd became a great ruler. He joined forces with Thorstein the Red, the son of Olaf the White and Odd the Deep-Minded, and together they conquered the whole of Caithness and a large part of Orgyle, Moray and Ross. Earl Sigurd had a stronghold built in the south of Moray. A meeting was arranged at a certain place between him and Mael Brichta, Earl of the Scots, to settle their differences. Each of them was to have forty men, but on the appointed day Sigurd decided the Scots weren't to be trusted, so he had eighty men mounted on forty horses. When Earl Milbrigtas saw this, he spoke to his men. Now, he said, Sigurd has made a fool of us. I can see two men's legs on the flanks of each horse, so there must be twice as many men as there are horses. Still, we must show our courage. Each of us must try to kill at least one man before we die ourselves. And that is what happened. There was a fierce fight, but it wasn't long before Milbricta and his men were dead. Sigurd had their heads strapped to the victor's saddles to make a show of his triumph, and with that they began riding back home, flushed with their success. On the way, as Sigurd went to spur his horse, he struck his calf against a tooth sticking out of Milbrigta's mouth, and it gave him a scratch. The wind began to swell and ache, and it was this that led to the death of Sigurd the Powerful. He lies buried in a mound on the bank of the river Eucl. Sigurd had a son called Guthorm, who ruled the earldom for a year, but died childless. When Earl Rogenwald of Moor heard about these deaths, he sent his son Halid west to the islands of King Harald, giving him the title of earl. Earl Halid came to Orkney and took up residence on the mainland. Vikings would raid the islands as well as Caithness, looting and killing. But when the farmers complained of their losses to Earl Halid, it seemed to him beyond his power to write matters for them. So tiring of his rule, he gave up the earldom and went back to Norway as a common landholder. This excursion of his made him a laughingstock. Forecasts Two Danish Vikings, Thorir Treebeard and Calf Scurvy, set up camp on the islands. When Earl Rogenwald heard about it, he flew into a rage and summoned Thorier and Hrolg, his sons. Hrolf was away at the time on a Viking expedition. Rogenwald asked which of them wanted the islands, and Thorier answered that it was up to the Earl himself to decide whether or not he should be the one to go. As I see it, said the Earl, you'll be better here than anywhere else. Your path doesn't lie overseas. Do you want me to go then? asked Frolog. You're not destined for the earldom, replied Rögenwald. Your fate will take you to Iceland. You'll have plenty of descendants there, and they'll be thought of as the noblest of men. After that, earl's youngest son Einar came forward. Do you want me to go to the islands? he asked. I can promise you the greatest favour you could wish for, and that's never to have to see me again. There's little enough here to hold me, and I don't see myself as being any more of a failure elsewhere. Considering the kind of mother you have, said the earl, slave born in each side of her family, you're not likely to make much of a ruler, but I agree. The sooner you leave and the later you return, the happier I'll be. Rogenbald gave Einar a fully equipped ship of twenty benches, and King Harald conferred on him the title of earl. VIKINGS AND PEAT Einar sailed west to Shetland to gather forces, then south to Orkney to face Kalf and his Vikings, killing both Kalf and Thorir in battle. Someone composed this couplet. Turf Einar gave tree beard to the trolls, killed half-scurvy. After that, he took over the island's territories and became a great leader. He was the first man to dig peat for fuel, Firewood being so very scarce on the island, as Turbot nests in Scotland. Einar was tall and ugly, and though he was one-eyed, he was still the most keen-sighted of men. Troublemakers from Norway When they grew up, the sons of Harald Finehair turned out to be very arrogant and caused a lot of trouble in Norway, bullying the king's earls and killing some of them and driving others from their estates. Halfdan Longleg and Gudrod Gleam, King Harald's sons by Snaefrid, attacked Earl Rogenwald of Moor and killed him, and assuming his authority. King Harald flew into a rage when he heard about this and set out after his sons. Hafdan went aboard a ship and escaped west across the sea, but Gudrod gave himself up to his father. In compensation for the death of Rogenwald, King Harald gave his daughter Alof the Fecund and as wife to Thorir along with Thor's own patrimony and the title of Earl. Haftan Longleg arrived in Orkney, and when the news got round that one of King Harald's sons had turned up, it frightened everyone. Some of the people offered him allegiance, but Earl Einar fled the islands over to Scotland. Haftan conquered the islands and set himself up as king over them. Later in the year, however, Einar came back to fight him, and though the battle was fierce, Einar came out as the victor. Around evening time, when it was growing dark, Afdan jumped overboard, and Einar composed this verse. Not from Hrolf's hand, nor Hrolauk's, the hurled shaft, no death dart. Our duty is to the dead, our father. Here the fight grows fierce, while add more what says the ale-swilling earl, not of the sword swing. In the morning, as soon as it was light, they set out and scoured the islands to see whether anyone had got away. I don't know what it is bobbing up and down over there, said Earl Einar. It's either a man or a bird. Let's go and find out. And that is where they found Hafden Longleg. Einar had his ribs cut from his spine with a sword, and the lungs pulled out through the slits in his back. He dedicated the victim to Odin as a victory offering, and then made this verse. While sturdy spadebeards were stalking sheep, in Orkney I was, busy butchering a king's boy. True. All I'm told, how the trusty lord threatens me, who sheared a slice from his family shield. Then he made another. Happy am I. Keen heroes have spear-hacked, bloody to the king's boy. Brave the bold act, but hard to hide. What a howling I've caused. The Corby croaks over Carrion in Orkney. Einar then had a burial mound built for Halfdan, and made this verse. The folk lord is fallen, the fee paid for Rogenwald. Sweetly the Norns shaped for me my quarter share. Cast the stone, keen lads, on the long light's cairn, as we celebrate here for the settling of the Scot. When the news reached Norway, Halfdan's brothers were so angry they threatened to go to Orkney to avenge him but King Harold made sure that nothing came of it. This is what Einar said when he heard about their threats. Of no mean metal, men come from many a country, keen to do combat with me, to kill. But until they fell me, few know what is fated, know who will tumble, torn by the eagle's talon. A little later, King Harold travelled west over the sea to Orkney, and Einar fled to Caithness. Next, mediators set out upon the task of reconciling them. King Harald imposed a tax on the islands amounting to 60 gold marks. Einar offered to pay the whole sum out of his own pocket, on condition that he should hold all the estates in fee. And to these terms, the farmers agreed, since the wealthier ones hoped to redeem their estates later, while the poorer farmers were unable to pay the tribute anyway. So Einar paid the whole sum, and for a long time afterwards, the earls held in fee all the estates. Until Earl Sigurd gave them back to the farmers of Orkney. King Harald went back to Norway, but Earl Einar ruled over Orkney for many years and died in his bed. Einar had three sons one called Arnkel, the next Erland, and the third Thorfinn Skullsplitter. After King Harald died, Eric Bloodaxe ruled over Norway for a couple of years, then Haken, King Athelstan's foster son, he took over power and Eric fled the country. He sailed west across the North Sea, waging war in Scotland and in the north of England. When King Athelstan heard about this, he sent messengers to Eric with an offer of land, saying that he had been a close friend of King Harald and wanted Harald's sons to benefit from it. He added that he hoped to make peace with his foster son Hakon and Eric. King Eric accepted the offer and was given charge of Northumbria, which makes up one fifth of England. But as he had little land and a large following, he ran short of money, which is why he spent the summers plundering, while staying in his kingdom over the winter. This is how matters stood for the rest of Athelstan's life. He died after reigning fourteen years and was succeeded by his brother Edmund, who was less friendly towards the Norwegians, not liking King Eric's rule over Northumbria. One spring, King Eric sailed north beyond Scotland all the way to Orkney where he was joined by Earl's Arnkel and Erland, the sons of Turf Einar. From there they sailed to the Hebrides, adding considerably to their forces. Next he went looting in Ireland, and then he did the same in Strathclyde. Finally he went south to England, and began plundering there just as he'd been doing elsewhere. King Edmund had put a king called Olaf in charge of defences. Eric had a sizable force which he marched inland, some distance from the ships, but King Olaf had gathered a massive army and set out after him. There was a fierce battle, and during the forenoon the English were killed in large numbers. But for every man who died, three came to take his place. Late in the afternoon, the Norwegian losses were too much for them, and the outcome was that King Eric and six other kings, one called Guthorm, were killed there. Earls Arkel and Erland died too. When Gunhild and her sons heard that King Erik had been killed plundering in England, they realised there was little chance of peace there, so they got themselves ready for a hasty departure and sailed north to Orkney, where Erlthorff and Skullsplitter was ruling at the time. Gunnhild's sons took over power in the islands and used them as their base in winter, spending the summers on Viking expeditions. During their stay in Orkney, Gunnhild and her sons heard that there was war between King Harald Gormsson of Denmark and King Hakon, Athelstan's foster son. And having expectations of help from King Harald, they set out to visit him. Before they left Orkney, they gave Ragnhild, daughter of King Eric and Gunnhild, in marriage to Arfin, the son of Earl Thorfinn. Earl Thorfinn took control of the islands. A strong ruler and warrior, he died in his bed and was laid in a burial mound at Hoxa in North Ronaldsea. People thought him a very great man. Intrigues. Earl Thorfinn had five sons, one called Arfin, the next Harvard the Fekund, the third Hodvier, the fourth Jot, and the fifth Scully. Ragnahild Eric's daughter plotted the death of her husband Arfin at Merkel in Caithness. Then married his brother, Harvard the Fekund, who succeeded to earldom. Under his rule, the islands enjoyed peace and prosperity. Earl Harvard had a nephew called Einar Butterbread a respected chieftain, with a good following. He used to go plundering in the summer. Harvard invited him to a feast, and in the course of it Einar and Ragenhild talked a lot together. She kept telling him what a fine leader he was, and how much better fitted for the earldom than his Uncle Harvard. It would be luckily matched women, she said, who married him. Einar pleaded with her not to say such things, a respectable married woman and the wife of the greatest man in Orkney. My married life with Avard won't last much longer, she said. And to tell you the truth, though you may not want the honour for yourself, there are men in Orkney who wouldn't be so high-minded about it. So she prodded him on, and Einar, swayed to by his greed, let her influence him. Eventually he was persuaded to betray the Earl his uncle. Ragnhild and Einar made a bargain that he was to kill the Earl and then she would marry him. Not long after, Einar got ready for a journey, but before he set out, a seer in his company gave him a warning. Don't do your work today, he said. Leave it till tomorrow. If you won't, there are going to be killings in your family, for years to come. But Einar ignored his words. At that time, Earl Havard was staying in Steness in the mainland. That's where he and Einar came face to face, and where he was killed after a short, sharp battle. The place is called Havard's Field nowadays. When men heard about it, they spoke bitterly of Einar's contemptible part in the affair, and Ragnhild refused to have anything to do with him. She said it was out-and-out lie that she'd made him any promises, and sent for Einar Hardmouth, the son of another of Havard's sisters. When they met, Ragnhild told him it was a disgrace, that the earl's kinsmen had taken no revenge, and that she would do all she could to make sure vengeance was carried out. It's plain to see, she said. The man who avenges the earl will earn the respect of all decent people and will be the one to get the earldom too. Common talk has it, my lady, that you don't always say quite what you're thinking, said Einar. Anyone who carries this off will want more than the earldom. He'll expect other things from you just as important. So their conversation came to an end. After that, Einar Hardmouth led an attack on Einar Butterbread and killed him, but Ragnhild sent for Jot, the brother of Arfin and Havard, and it was him she married. Jot took over the earldom and turned out to be an excellent leader. So, though Einar Hardmouth had killed his own cousin, he was still no closer to the earldom. Far from pleased with the way things had gone, he decided to gather his troops and take the islands by force. However, he found it difficult to muster enough of them as the men of Orkney preferred to serve the sons of Thorfinn Skullsplitter. Shortly after, the Earl Einar Hardmouth was put to death. CONTENTION IN CAITHNESS Scully, Yot's brother, travelled across Scotland, where he was given the title of Earl by the King of Scots. Then he went north to Caithness to gather an army, and from there he sailed back to Orkney to claim the earldom from his brother, Jot gathered an army too, and set out with a large force to confront Scully. When they met, Scully insisted on making a fight of it, but after a fierce battle, Jot won the victory, and Scully fled, first over to Caithness and then south to Scotland. Jot went after him and spent some time in Caithness, adding to his army. Later, Scully rode back north with a large following supplied by the King of Scots and Earl Macbeth, and the brothers met in the dales of Caithness. The battle was hard fought, with the Scots attacking fiercely in the early stages, but when Yot urged his men to fight and stand firm, the Scots failed to gain ground. Yot kept shouting encouragement to his men, and he himself fought like a hero. After a while, the Scottish ranks began to crumble, and soon they were on the run. Scully battled on, but in the end he was killed. Earl Jot took over in Caithness, and this led to trouble with the Scots, who were angry over their defeat. When early Yacht was in Caithness, Earl Macbeth came north from Scotland with a large army and they met at Skitton in Caithness. Yacht was outnumbered but fought so well that Scots had to fall back. The battle was a short one. All the Scots who survived took to flight, most of them wounded. After this victory, Yacht went back to the islands. Many of his men were suffering from wounds and Yacht himself had one that led to his death. People thought it was a great loss. The Magic Banner After Jot's death, Lodfyr took charge of the earldom and ruled well. He married Eithne, the daughter of King Ciarval of Ireland, and their son was Sigurd the Stout. Lodfyr died in his bed and was laid to rest in a burial mound at Ham in Caithness. After Lodfyr, his son Sigurd took over the earldom. He was another great chieftain and ruled over several dominions. He was powerful enough to defend Caithness against the Scots and used to go on Viking expeditions every summer as well, plundering in the Hebrides, Scotland and Ireland. One summer, it happened that a Scottish earl named Finlick challenged Sigurd to fight him on a particular day at Skitton. Sigurd's mother was a sorceress, so he went to consult her, telling her that the odds against him were heavy, at least seven to one. "'Had I thought you might live forever,' she said. "'I'd have reared you in my wool basket.' but lifetimes are shaped by what will be, not where you are. Now take this banner. I've made it for you with all the skill I have. And my belief is this. It will bring victory to the man it's carried before, but death to the one who carries it. It was a finely made banner, very cleverly embroidered with the figure of a raven. And when the banner fluttered in the breeze, the raven seemed to be flying ahead. Earl Sigurd lost his temper at his mother's words. He got the support of the Orkney farmers by giving back their land rights, then set out for Skitten to confront Earl Finlick. The two sides swarmed up, but the moment they clashed, Sigurd's standard bearer was struck dead. The Earl told another man to pick up the banner, but before long he had been killed too. The Earl lost three standard bearers, but he won the battle, and the farmers of Orkney got back their land rights. Death in Ireland after his return from Vendland, Olaf Tryggvason spent four years looting in the British Isles. Then he was baptised in the Sillies, and from there sailed to England where he married Gida, the sister of King Varen of Ireland. Next he spent a while in Dublin, till Earl Haken sent Thordio Claka out west to lure him away from there. Olaf sailed with five ships and didn't break his journey until he reached Orkney. At Osmondwall, he ran into Earl Sigurd who had three ships and was setting out on a Viking expedition. Olaf sent a messenger to him, asking Sigurd to come over to his ship, as he wanted a word with him. I want you and all your subjects to be baptised, he said when they met. If you refuse, I'll have you killed on the spot, and I swear that I'll ravage every island with fire and steel. The Earl could see what kind of situation he was in and surrendered himself into Olaf's hands. He was baptised and Olaf took his son, called Felp, or Vinde, as a hostage, and had him baptised too under the name of Lodfyr. After that, all Orkney embraced the faith. Olaf sailed east to Norway, taking Lodfyr with him. But Lodfyr didn't live long, and after his death Sigurd refused to pay homage to King Olaf. Earl Sigurd married the daughter of Malcolm, King of Scots, and their son was Earl Thorfinn. Earl Sigurd had three other sons called Simmerlidi, Brusi, and Einar Rymouth. Five years after the battle of Svalder, Earl Sigurd went to Ireland in support of King Sigtryg silk beard, leaving his elder sons in charge of the earldom. Thorfinn he sent over to Scotland to be fostered by the king, the boy's maternal grandfather. Earl Sigurd arrived in Ireland, joined up with King Sigtryg, and set out to fight King Brian of Ireland. The battle took place on Good Friday. No one would carry the raven banner, so the earl had to do it himself. And he was killed. King Sigtrig ran away, and although King Brian won the victory, he too lost his life. And so begins the Orkneyinga Saga.